0: The 8th of June, 2006,
1: Episode 34. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Rookie Designer is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Let's take a look at the starting lineup.
0: There are a couple of different types of designers in this world. Those who attend organized schools, and those who actually school themselves. Now, is there a competitive edge to either method? Will either make you a better designer in the long run? Today we're going to look at both sides and what they have to offer. Short on time? Check out the One Minute Tip, a collection of short podcasted tips, interviews, quick starts, and videos covering the technologies we use every day. A great little podcast to wedge between the minutes of your busy day. Check out the One Minute Tip at www.1minutetip.com Let's just get some pieces of news out of the way first off. I was reading about the next edition of Microsoft Office, and it's supposed to include something called XPS. This is an XML paper specifications, and what it does is basically give you another way to share documents between different platforms, meaning that it can go from PC to Mac and back without any problems. Well, the biggest part of this was they also might include native PDF creation. As you may know, the Office suite uses Adobe to create PDFs out of those applications right now, So this is obviously big news. They're going to be going head-to-head with Adobe if they have their own native PDF creation. Now, I was having some problems with the last episode of Rookie Designer, and a couple people brought it to my attention. The the biggest problem was me basically messing with the feed right after I published it, which I shouldn't have done, but I did. And somehow it ended up with the link for the, the, the episode previous to that one. So you may have got it in your iTunes and it had the the correct name on it, but it was the audio from the episode before. Hopefully this is corrected now. I've corrected the feed. I've pinged the the iTunes Music Store, so it should be correct. I actually went through and, and subscribed again and tested these out and it all worked for me. So hopefully it's working for everyone else too. If not, please let me know and I'll see what I can do about it to get that fixed. In the meantime, uh, if you you are having problems, you can always go to the website. It is correct on the website. Just uh, click on the little download this podcast thing, and you'll be able to listen to it there. Uh, One thing you may have noticed if you do watch the Quick Tips is that the site looks a little bit different now. To actually download the movies, you click on a little tag that says QuickTime Movie. And this is because I'm using something called PodPress. And if you do a podcast yourself and you use WordPress for your blog, then you might want to check this out. It's actually a way to uh, kind of make it easier for you to add media files to your feed. And then it also gives you some options for actually tracking the downloads of those feeds. So a little bit of stuff going on there. And this is something that I think I might be trying out on this episode. So hopefully you're still hearing it. (laughs) Hopefully it didn't cause too many problems with that. But I think I'm going to test it out for this one. and that will give us extra functionality as well because you'll you'll notice that there'll be a little bit a little player on the page that you can play the episode without having to actually go to a new page to listen to it. Uh what else? We actually finally got our 100th user on the forum, so that was very exciting. Uh thing started out pretty slow, but it ramped up pretty quickly and now we have tons of people on there and like I always say there's great conversations going on, so if you're not a member yet, please go there ASAP and join uh, our votes. Our votes are a little bit down so far. We're actually in fifth place right now. Uh, we're striving for that 50 or 55 votes like we had last month. I would really appreciate it if you have the time to go up and vote for me. Again, it's very easy. Just go to rookiedesigner.com rookie on the right-hand side. You'll see it says vote for us on podcast alley. Just stick your email in there, hit vote button. And you'll get an email. Just click on the link and you're all done. And I ask that also, if you're watching the Quick Tips for Designers podcast, please vote for that one as well. It's just as easy. It's the same process. You just go to that website instead. First of all, I'd like to thank John for sending in the topic for today, which is, of course, formal training versus self-training. So what are some of the reasons that someone might actually choose self-training over going back to school? Well, you may have majored in something else, like, say, marketing something closely related and maybe got, you know, little bits and pieces of training uh, that had something to do with design. Maybe you work closely with a designer at your job and you just became interested in what they do through that way. You also may do it as a hobby. Maybe you go home and you fiddle with Photoshop on your computer at home and you just got more interested and wanted to learn more that way. Uh, Others may be a little bit older in age and and don't really have the time or want to go back to school, or they may be embarrassed to go back to school. And to those people, I I have to say, don't be embarrassed. It's never too late to go back to school. There's always more things that you can learn. And really, I think you can get more out of it at an older age when you go to school. When I went back to school the last time, I believe I was about 27 or 28 years old. And I just had a different outlook on it. First of all, you're paying for it yourself. So right off the bat, you're going to be serious and down to business. Now I went to school with a lot of kids that were straight out of high school that I was like 10 years older than. And it is kind of weird, yes. But on the flip side of that, I could really tell that some of those kids, you know, their parents are paying for it. They're not really taking an interest, and you, you know how it is when you just get out of high school. Things don't seem as important to you as they do maybe 10 years down the road. So some of these kids were going through, and they were just skating by, and they, they really weren't getting everything they could out of out of the classes or out of the school, and I felt going back at the age that I was at, I concentrated more. I wanted to learn more, and it really helped me out. I really did learn more, so... I don't think there's really an age at which you're too old to go back to school. And you definitely shouldn't be embarrassed because there there's no shame in, in wanting to learn more about a, a certain subject. There are some people out there who maybe just are not a school type of person. Maybe you, you get bored in classes, which I think pretty much everybody does, but uh, you don't like lectures. Maybe you're a bad test taker. And to those people, I would I would say maybe try out a trade school. The school that I went to was a trade school, and it is a little bit different than a university. You definitely don't have the same amount of lecture hours that you do at a university. You don't have as many tests. They try and make everything hands on so that you're in more of an environment that that kind of mirrors what a job would be like. You're constantly working on projects and you learn through your mistakes and through your hardships of going through those projects. Uh, I know university does have a lot more lecture hours and tests and stuff and things of those nature. And some people just can't dig that. Some people don't like it. And I'm not saying that the trade school won't have lecture and won't have quizzes and tests because they do, but it's a lot lighter on that side of things. Finally, you may just be looking to add more skills. Again, if you're in marketing and maybe you want to go out on your own and, and have your own marketing business It might be a good thing to actually know some some things about design. Actually, it definitely will be good to know those things. But maybe you're thinking you can pull in a little bit more money by actually doing some of the layouts for the customers as well, as well as your your marketing responsibilities. So I thought for this episode I'd go through some of the pros and cons of being self-taught and also going to a formal school. So we'll start out with self-taught pros And I'm I'm obviously not going to be able to touch on everything. There are going to be things that I miss. If you want to add to the conversation, as always, go to the forums and and put a post up and get people talking about the subject. Because, you know, I definitely like to hear what you have to say about it as well. So some of the pros that I came up with for teaching yourself. Well, first of all, you're going to give yourself good habits to continue your education basically for the rest of your career. And it's definitely a good idea to do this. You're always going to be able to learn something new. There's always new software coming out, new versions of software. There's always new techniques out there. So you're always going to be able to learn something. And and if you teach yourself, then you've already given yourself a head start as to know what to look for in books, in tutorials, in websites, the different training materials that have really nothing to do with school. Teaching yourself is also a lot cheaper than going to school. As I'm sure you know, the four-year universities are really, really expensive. Trade schools tend to be pretty expensive as well. Probably your best bet for saving some money would be to go to a community college. But you'll find with some of these that they don't have quite the expanded programs that you'll find in the four-year university or the trade school. So you might be you might be at an advantage if you don't have the money to spend on school to just teach yourself from books or videos or things of that nature. You can also learn from many different sources. If you go to school, you're basically learning from, you know, a few different teachers or maybe one different teacher for for each subject. If you teach yourself, well, it all depends on what you buy. You can get books from several different authors. You can get uh, training DVDs from different sources as well. So you're getting a wealth of knowledge from different people from maybe different parts of the world even. So that can definitely be something in your favor. You can learn at your own pace. And this one is a big one for people who don't pick up on things all that quickly. And this could also work against you because if if you have a hard time understanding things, then you might have a hard time using books. You might actually need somebody to explain it to you. But if you can get past that, well, this is something you can go through the book several times if you want. You can do each chapter a couple of different times before you move on to the next one. You can really make sure that you have a solid knowledge of what's going on before you're, you're being moved on to the next subject. In addition to that, you can, you can do it on your own time. If you're working full time, sometimes it's a pain to go back to school and do school full time and work full time. I know this firsthand because that's what I did. I worked during the days, my regular eight-hour day, and then I went to school four hours a night for four days a week. And it's not the easiest thing to do. It makes you kind of crazy, actually. So when you teach yourself out of books or with videos or whatever, you can do it whenever you have time to do it. Now, again, the bad part of this is sometimes you don't have the time to do it. So when you're in school, it makes you go there, and it makes you finish in, in a certain amount of time. But, you know, it works either way. You may be able to start working earlier or get into the workforce earlier than those who are in college. There are definitely bad times of the year. There's times when it's graduation time and there's all these people that are just graduating and just getting into the workforce. And you'll notice that it's a lot harder to get jobs at that point in time. So this may be your advantage if you can if you can really bone up and, and Learn everything at a quicker pace and get yourself out in the workplace, out in the work field before all these people graduate and they're out there vying for jobs along with you. Some of the cons of teaching yourself. Well, as we said before, one of the good things is you can do it when you have time. Well, one of the bad things about that is you really have to stay motivated. There's nobody telling you you have to be in class. You have to learn this at this certain point in time. So you really have to be a self-starter. You have to say, okay, I'm going to do this amount of training per day or per week. And you really have to stick to that. And if you don't, you know, it's, it's really just not going to work. You're just going to keep procrastinating, keep putting it off, saying, oh, I have this to do and this, this other thing to get done. So I don't have time to train myself. You really just have to set a schedule and stick to it or it's not going to get done. One of the biggest bummers, I think, is that you can't use student loans. When you go to school, in most cases, you're going to be able to get some kind of student loans to help you pay for your school. And as we said, it is expensive, but these things help out a lot. Well, if you're teaching yourself, you're not going to have that luxury. Now, you can go to the bank and just get... uh, your basic loan to help pay for things, but you're not going to be able to get that student loan that you can spread over the rest of your lifetime where you're only paying like 50 or a hundred dollars a month. And the, uh, the interest on that is very low. You're actually most times this, this money's going to come straight out of your pocket to buy your books, to buy your training DVDs or videos and, and whatnot. So that might be one of the things that, that stacks up against you. You also lack the face-to-face interaction If you go to school, you're going to be in a classroom environment. You're going to have your instructor there. And if you have questions, you're most likely going to be able to get your instructor one-on-one and ask your questions and have them answered or explained. Or, you know, if you're falling behind, usually the teacher can help you catch up and help you understand things. You're obviously not going to get that if you're at home teaching yourself from books. You're also not going to get the group interaction training that you would get in school. A lot of times in school, they'll get you into little mini groups, maybe four or five people, and you'll work on projects together. And this is a good way to, again, simulate being in the workplace, because sometimes you're going to have to work in a group of people. And you have to know how to be able to collaborate with them, how to get along with them, and, and not butt heads on, on certain design ideas. And this is some training that you might not get, obviously, if you're self-training. One thing that, that might be a little obstruction for you, it might be harder for you to get internships. Now, I'm not saying that you can't get an internship if you don't go to a, a formal school. Schools definitely help you out in getting the internships, but you can find your own for sure. There's plenty of people out there who are looking for people to work for them for free. And that's not a problem. Where you might get into the problem is when the school is actually looking for them, they can usually build relationships and find good places to get you in. As I talked about before, sometimes you can get into a bad internship situation where they're just making you do busy work or they're making you do work for them. They're not actually teaching you anything, and that's not good. So just be wary of that. If you're looking for your own internships, just try and find out as much as you can about the business And about what you're going to be doing there before you actually sign up for the internship. And I think one of the biggest things that might be a con against self-teaching is maybe you're not sure what you're supposed to learn. You're not sure what you're supposed to be teaching yourself. And this is another big one in a formal school. They obviously have lesson plans for you. They have things planned out. You're going to learn this, this, and this. You're going to have X amount of projects that you have to complete, and that's going to teach you the skills that you need to do whatever task it is they're teaching you. If you're teaching yourself, you might not know exactly what you need to know about the subject. And again, this is probably one of the biggest ones because, well, if you're, if you're teaching yourself from nothing, if you know nothing about the subject, then how are you supposed to know what you need to know to succeed in the workplace?
1: The Keys to the Game. Brought to you by techpodcast.com.
0: I had a couple of different things planned for the Keys to the Game today, but uh, I remember there was a post on the forum. Somebody was asking a question, and I, for the life of me, cannot find that post anymore on the forums. I was going to answer it up there, but I figured I'd take the opportunity to do it in the Keys of the Game. Keys to the Game, rather. And I, the question had something to do with uh, somebody was working in Photoshop, and they were working on an RGB document, and when they transferred it to CMYK, the colors were getting kind of dull, and they didn't know why this was happening or what they could do to stop it. And they asked, well, should I adjust the colors after the conversion, or is there something I can do before? And... Well, the answer to this is when you convert things from RGB to CMYK, this is going to happen. Things might end up looking dull, and it just depends on what colors you're using in your document. There's a thing called out of gamut, and what this means basically is colors that you may be able to see in RGB, but they can't be reproduced in CMYK, or they can't be reproduced by the printer that you're setting up your document to go to. And this is, this is why they become dull. And you might notice this too, if you go into the color picker of Photoshop, and you pick a color, and next to the box there's a little like hazard sign, it's got a little excla- exclamation point in it, this means that the color is out of gamut, and it might not either look the same, or it might not actually reproduce when you switch to CMYK or when you send it to the printer. So what do we do about this? And this is where our keys come in. This is a way that you can, if you're actually picking the colors yourself, you can actually avoid this. Now if it's a photo, sometimes you can avoid, avoid it. And uh, my, my best recommendation for this is do all of your color correction, all of everything you're going to do to the photo, do it all first and then convert it very last. And then if you still have a problem with the way it looks, then try messing with the colors after it's in CMYK. But again, be very careful doing this because, you know, not everything you see there is going to look exactly the same on the print, which is of course why we always get a proof before we go go to press. But our keys. If we go in the color picker of Photoshop, and this works on both PC and Mac, on the Mac, you're going to press Command and Y. On the PC, you'll press Control and Y. And what it's going to do, you're going to see like a gray blob over the colors in the Color Picker. And basically what this is doing is masking out all the colors that are that are out of gamut. So if you click on the area that's gray, you'll see there's that little warning sign next to your color. If you click somewhere where there's not gray, that's a color that can be reproduced in CMYK, and you won't have the little warning. You can also do this in your document. Now, the first thing you want to do is go to the View menu and choose Proof Setup. And you can choose either Working CMYK or you can choose Custom. If you choose Custom, then you're going to get another dialog box. And you'll be able to choose your your output settings. And these are, are something that you should be familiar with if you've printed something before, if you've sent something to the printer. Once you do that, we're going to be able to use that same key command again. That's Command or Control Y and this time if you have colors that are out of gamut, it's actually going to throw a color over those colors on the document to show you where they are. Meaning that these are the colors that might not reproduce the same because they're actually out of gamut for your output settings. Now we're going to look at some of the good things about actually going through some formal training, going to a four-year university, community college, or a trade school. Now, the first one of those is you actually get to learn from professors who have been there. They've most likely been out in the workforce for several years. They've probably had a lot of different jobs and they've been through a lot of different situations. So pretty much anything you can think of, anything that comes up, if you have problems in your projects, they're most likely going to be able to help you. And again, I said this was the good, this was the better thing about going to school is you have somebody there to talk to you, somebody to help you through your problems you really get your one-on-one attention, you get all your questions answered, and again, if you if you're kind of falling behind or if you're not understanding something as well as you should be, they can really help you get back up to speed and and really explain what's going on. You also get experience working with others. I guess I already said this one, but you're going to get that that team mentality. You're going to be able to work with other students in your class. And really be able to throw ideas back and forth, which, is, which can really help your designs sometimes. You also get the theories to support all, all of your practices. And this is where the lecture comes in. Yes, it's kind of boring, but there's, there's reasons why we do certain things a certain way. And it's good to know the background of that especially if you're gonna go against the rules if you're gonna bend the rules a little bit in your designs it's good to first have a basis and know what the rules are and why they are there why they're in place before you actually start breaking them Uh, some of the bad things about going to school as we said before it's very expensive and this can be one of the biggest hindrances especially if you're a little older in age and you don't have your parents to pay for it for you if you are young and you're thinking about going to design school and your parents are going to pay for it, do it. Do it now while they'll still foot the bill, because it gets harder and harder to afford to be able to go to school the, the later the later in life you are. Uh, going to school is also very time-consuming, and this can be in two different ways. First of all, you, you might actually have to drive to school. It might be far away from you. It might be like 30 minutes away, and you have to drive there. You have commute time, and then you also have classroom time. And then there's just in the long run as well, it usually takes you at least a year to get through some kind of training. My school was uh, on a fast track, you might say, because it was a trade school. I did my associate's degree in one year, I believe, and my bachelor's degree in a little over a year. Now, keep in mind, this was also because I had already been to a university and a community college to do all my general education classes. So I didn't have to do any of those. I was basically just doing my major. But it can be time-consuming. You have to go through all these classes, and it's going to take you a couple of years at least. Uh, It's sometimes easy to fall behind when you're in a classroom setting. Maybe you're in a bigger class, and the teacher doesn't have time to get one-on-one with every single person. And maybe you're not understanding things as well as you should, and they don't have time to get you back up to speed. Another good thing about going to school, though, usually these instructors will have office hours to where you can meet them outside of class. And if you're behind, I recommend that you do that. It can definitely help you out a lot. And you don't want to just dig yourself a hole. You don't want to get so far behind that you can't catch up. You also might incur some kind of travel expenses or even living expenses. If you want to go to a school that's nowhere near where you live, obviously you're going to have to move there. You're going to have to get some sort of uh, lodging, you're going to incur travel expenses if you have to drive there or fly there or whatever it is or just talking about the school that's maybe 30 minutes away you're also going to have to pay for for gas which is, as americans know right now is kind of uh painful another thing i already mentioned a little bit is the general ed classes now it does make you a real, well-rounded person to take general ed And I do now that I'm later in life, I I see why these were important classes to take. But when you're in school, you don't want to do it. It has nothing to do with what you're going to school for. Uh, It's not always something that you're interested in. And again, some people just aren't school people. And these are the people that are going to really hate these classes. So if you go to school, you have to do that. It's part of it. And then lastly is grades. I've never really been a fan of grades. And I think especially in something like design, it's really hard to put a number or letter grade on a design, which is why in most schools, I would think this is the way it worked in my school. They actually grade you more on how much effort you actually put into the project and how much participation you have in the class. It was more based on that than how good your design was. I mean, it's really hard to say, well, this design is really good. So it gets an A. This one looks kind of crappy. So it gets a C. It just doesn't really work that way. And again, I've never really been a fan of grades, so if you go to school, you're going to have to get a grade. They have to uh, give you a grade somehow. That's just the way the school system works. So we looked at some of the good and bad things about each method of learning design. What are some of the things we can do to supplement each of those methods? Well, if we're self-training, you might want to buy books about theory and not just the software how-tos. You don't want to just get all tutorial books. You definitely need some books about what goes into good design, the the, the principles of good design, and uh, typography, and other things that, that might not have to do with just learning how to use software. Again, j- just knowing how to use the software doesn't make you a good designer. You have to know how to make a strong design as well. So try and stay away from just only getting tutorial books. Uh, You should subscribe to a lot of magazines. And there's a, a good post, if I can find it again, in the forums. I'll put a link up to it. But there was a post where people were asking what design magazines people subscribe to. And there's a lot of very good suggestions up there. And you'll have kind of the same thing here. Some of them are more just on the artistic level where you're looking at other people's designs. Some of them actually just are almost all tutorials. So you might want to stay away from the all tutorials, but these are things that you're probably going to be using already to teach yourself. So there's some really good ones out there like layers and Photoshop user that combine good stories with tutorials. So those are good ones to subscribe to. You also might want to join some kind of group or organization. If you can go to meetings, first of all you can make contacts this way, but also you might be able to get that one-on-one face-to-face thing that you're missing by not going to school. And you can also get that group mentality. You can throw around ideas to each other and and really get some good skills going that way. You should definitely go to seminars or trainings. And again, you're missing out on the teacher or somebody who's maybe been in in the business for a long time. You're missing out on that instruction from them. This is where you can get that back. If you go to seminars, most likely it's somebody who's traveled the world, doing different trainings on on several different topics and they're very knowledgeable about it. So, it's good to learn from these people. And definitely if you go to these seminars, don't let don't just let them talk to you. Once it's over, go up if you have questions, ask them. Whatever it is you want to ask them about, they're generally very friendly and and very good about answering everybody's questions. So, take advantage of that. You have somebody who's very knowledgeable. You need to uh Basically, be a sponge and just grab as much information from them as you possibly can. And finally, this is probably one of the best things you can do. When you're in school, they actually give you mock projects to work on to simulate actually going through the whole process and and making a design. And this is something you should be doing with yourself. Come up with different projects. It, It might be something like take a CD cover and redesign it or make something up completely, make up an ad, make up a fake company and make an ad for them or make a multimedia project for them. It's just good, it's good practice for you and it's going to help you out in the long run. And if you have trouble thinking of them, uh, this is one of the links from the bullpen. It's about.com. If you go to the website, com slash rookie, you'll find the link to about.com and you can find a lot of these Uh, A lot of the things they talk about, they actually make up mock projects for you. So they actually will give you the specs of the project, and then you can just use that to build on and and do your own thing. Some things we can do to supplement if we go to a formal training or a four-year university or a regular school like that. We can buy self-training books, the books that you would be buying if you were teaching yourself from your home. These would be like tutorial books. Now, you are going to get some of these in school, but definitely go above and beyond. Again, we need to keep teaching ourselves throughout our career. There's, there's really not a point at which we stop and think that we know everything because that point will never come. So buy those tutorial books. Watch tutorials, tutorial videos. You can buy DVDs. You can do things like lynda.com and subscribe to the service and, and have those at your fingertips at all times. Make sure you practice your applications. And this is something that I noticed when, when I was in school, it's good to, if you, if you have access to these things, if you have access to a computer outside of school, make sure you practice up because it's really going to help you when you get back into school. When you're in school, you only have so much time in the com- computer lab, so any practice you can get outside of that is really going to help you out. And finally, make sure you get that internship. As we said, if you're in a school, a lot of times they're going to help you. They're going to set you up with an internship. With a, with a good company to work with, make sure you take advantage of that because it will be priceless. You will learn so much stuff from whoever it is that you're working with and you'll be able to work basically as if it were real. You just, you might not be getting paid, but it's going to be experience that's it's non-replaceable. So basically what's right for some may not be right for others. It's, it's not wrong to stay home and teach yourself if you're, self-motivated and you can, you're can really dedicated and you can keep yourself on it, then it might be the right path for you as opposed to going to school. But it's really up to you to decide that path, which one is right for you, if you're going to be able to do one or the other more effectively. But again, if you're dedicated, you can be just as good of a designer, whether you're formally trained or whether you're teaching yourself.
1: Now that's what I call a review mistake.
0: Our mistake today comes from uh, a couple of things that I've read and the point here is really just not to limit your options. You really have to learn everything you possibly can and by this I mean if you're doing page layout. Make sure you learn InDesign and Quark and that is if you have the ability to do this. If you have the software to be able to train on, learn PC and Mac if you're able to switch platforms and learn both. Because you really just can't replace these skills. And I see it more and more every day when I'm looking for jobs. There's so many employers out there that now expect you to have the skills in both. They expect you to be able to use InDesign and Quark. They expect you to work on both platforms. Things like that. So make sure that if you have the opportunity that you learn as much as you can. Don't just say, well, I know InDesign so I don't have to know Quark. Because not every business out there uses Quark. It has for the long time been the standard. But things change and actually InDesign is becoming the standard in a lot more places these days so just make sure you're equipped with as much knowledge as you can get.
1: Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen.
0: Our website for today is design and publishing eMagazine. You can find that at www.graphic-design.com and this one is pretty cool. It's, uh, it's got a, s- a bunch of different resources on it. There are some Photoshop tips, there's some uh, web design review, so you can actually go through and see sites that other people have made and get good ideas from that or critique it yourself. They have something called a bookshelf where you can actually choose different applications and they'll list out a bunch of different books that you can, that you can buy for that, which is obviously very good if you're gonna be training yourself. They also have a whole section on typography. Which again is something that a lot of designers don't really practice a whole lot and it's something that they really should get into. It's something you should really get into because it can really make or break your designs. Also something that I liked about this, there was a lot of articles on common mistakes. So they're doing kind of the whole spin on the uh, like we do the rookie mistake where they're saying these are some things that you might not want to do that we see people do all the time. So those are always good things to read. But a lot of good resources there, so check it out if you get a chance. I'm sure everybody out there has some kind of opinion about what we were talking about today, and if you do, well, why not join the forums and stick a post up there and let everybody know what you think. And if you're already signed up, we'll just sign in there and do the same thing. It's very easy, and it's a very good way to share your ideas with a lot of other designers, a hundred to be exact, and... uh, well, you can just learn a lot from other people up there, and it's, it's great fun if you have the time. Also, you can contact me personally if you'd like to. My email is adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can also Skype me at username titanstrides, or you can call the call-in line, which is 619-573-4043. And if you're not in the U.S., don't forget the country code and add a one in front of that also. And you can find us at MySpace.com slash Rookie Designer. I want to thank you, as always, for your support with the show. And thank you for listening. And just remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star.
1: That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high.